Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who's about? about? So listen to Professor, uh, yes, sir. Yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. Cavill, inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Is out back, out on assignment. He could only love us for one day, I guess. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, we'll, we'll play the game with him. We have a special show for you today. We're going to get into an interview with the commissioner. Commissioner Sonia Steeles is scheduled to join us of the MEAC, as you know. So welcome to episode 241 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports. From institutions large and small, from NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KTH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Did you do trying a new look here? You know, got to get the glasses on. We'll see how long I can make it happen. You know, give you the other side of the professor. <laughs> capacity or whatever you want to call it. A lot of news going on today. So uh, let's jump into it. I, I'm not sure where you want to start. I'll do one thing. You know, I'm not sure whether Grambling wants to say they hired Coach Art Browser, they don't. Well, I guess they finally confirm it after they denied it. But anyway, the world turns. What is fascinating with me, what you're quickly finding out, is you have a serious media HBCU expertise. It's almost like the underground of hip-hop or underground of different black markets or whatever. It's like things happen at that level. People know, put stuff out there at least a week, sometimes two, maybe three weeks in advance. And then you have what the corporate media comes in and puts it out there. So it's it's fascinating to watch this because we hear this stuff all the time. And oftentimes we wait to put it out until it's official. Obviously, we're hearing this stuff over there in Mississippi Valley State. Nothing official on that. So we'll leave that where it stands, uh, understanding that there may be some changes in terms of men's, women's, and maybe even AD, and that's men's and women's basketball. But until anything comes out official, We'll leave that right there and park it right there. Uh, when we talk about people being out, though, we do can confirm in terms of HBCU game day that South Carolina State is making a change in terms of their women's basketball program as they are moving forward with that. Uh, athletes signing CIAA tournament into effect, getting going, obviously getting excited to SIC. Some news out there in terms of some of the other tournaments in terms of Florida Memorial winning uh, their first tournament game, moving on to the second round. Got some big matchups with Stillman and Stillman this night. 
So I bring all that on, not to necessarily get y'all to break it, but I want to get your thoughts and comments on that um, as we get prepared to get in this interview. Obviously, you have Sadan Sanders' daughter, uh, Deion Sanders, commits to JSU Women's. Is that yeah, Salome? Is that Salome? Yes. Mm-hmm. Salome. Man, I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure I pronounce it. That's big news again. So, uh, unfortunately, it looks like Jackson State just continues to get better, not only in terms of their program, but in women's basketball, like they need any more help, let's say. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> so, let me start with you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of the news of the day? Anything stand out from what I said or anything you want to add to what's out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think when you – obviously, when you talk about the Gremlin – uh, offensive coordinator hired Mark Brown. I think that stands out. Uh, I didn't know if it was subterfuge going on today or not, but you know, you, you saw the reports first, <laughs> basically saying nah, 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 nah. And then maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we hired him. So, not quite sure what was going on in regards to that. I, you know, I would, I guess, in terms of something like that, usually what that is at that, that late and that quick turnaround, that ink to paper hadn't been signed. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to release until they actually had on the paper when you're going to take all this good and bad and different. You want to make like, well, this is a sign. We don't want to go through all this and change your mind because stuff gets out there, whatever. So I think it's more of that. But to your point, it's fascinating. What else? Yeah, I mean, I'm your thoughts. No, I thought that was the big one to, today when you take a look at uh, um, the potential uh, impact that uh, our brow could have coming into the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, you talk about uh, his coaching acumen, of course, um, the situation was what it was at Baylor, but, and they generated a lot of uh, feedback and comments today via social media. So I thought that was uh, big news today in uh, HBCU's uh, news. Comments, good, bad, uh, both sides? Uh, you know, it's uh, good, bad, it's both sides. I think uh, what you have is a lot of uh, HBCU fans that kind of finger point, you know, it's like, if you want to point the finger at grandma, you got some fingers that are coming back at you and people will point those, point those things out in terms of uh, a hire here or a recruit there or whatever the case might be. But it, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I think you can speak definitively to his coaching acumen. Uh, he had a tremendous run at Baylor and you pair him with Hugh Jackson. Uh, grandma has to get talent over there to see what they can really do with it. It should make interest. Interesting. That much more than Graham and Jackson State game. That is not a conference game. It right. Makes that one just that much more to follow. This is just insane when you talk about the media coverage or whatever mm-hmm. way you want to look at it. Drew, what's on your mind in terms of those comments I made? Anything hot out there? Your thoughts on that or just in general? Uh, I'll stay with the Art Browse and uh... – some some mixed emotions on that, you know, as a you know former collegiate coach, uh, you know, athletes do stupid things, but as the paid professional in the locker room, you are the one who is supposed to do the right thing and see and see things through, not only uh, for that athlete when they do stupid things, but for the general student body and the uh, and, for, and for the university. That's why they pay you. To, to do the job that you do it to make those decisions. Has Art Brown made some missteps in the past? Yet, yes, he has. He, he has definitely made some missteps in the past when it's come to those uh, 
those incidents and we're not going to go deep into the details because it's out there for you to read but you know as as a girl dad makes you kind of like okay you know if my if my daughter's a a trainer in that locker room or involved with their program as a uh intern or something like that makes you kind of wonder does this man have not only his we see he's got his players back maybe maybe the wrong way but does he have everyone's back like he should as a co- as a coach? But then I really take a, a further step back, and we as African Americans who do not get chances and have made and, you know we make one simple mistake and it scars us for life. Who are we to not give a person a second chance? We see so many of our young African American men and women who go to prison for something for something that they've done, maybe, maybe major crime, maybe a misdemeanor, but it scars them for the rest of their life. Can't, can't get jobs, uh, you know, can't, can't get any credit, can't buy a house, can't live in this neighborhood. So who are we having faced so much of that type of discrimination? Who are we to deny a person who has, quote unquote, done his time and paid his debt an opportunity? That's the question that I bring. That's that's how I look at it. You're right. I appreciate your overall point. I'm always cognizant to to match, you know, the frameworks of the life of minorities, specifically African American people, Black people, continentally, in terms of the oppression that they may have had in different instances to other individuals. I, I think the duality of that is not fair, but I think your overall premise I can appreciate in terms of saying, you know, if an institution wants to move forward with a hire, that's their framework, their desire. I think anybody that has rooms to feel um, that they have concerns about it, they have that right. You know, that's that's the framework what we live in. So for me, it's always a band, it is what it is. The more that you see folks in growth in this corporate platform, to me, this is more of what you have to understand that comes with it. You're going to have more folks that are going to push the envelope. Oftentimes, that will be good, and other times, it won't. Even if it's like North Carolina A&T with their decision, the more growth and corporate things become, a lot of times, you move from that cultural center. That's not always um, in the same framework historically what you see. So with that, I did be remiss before we go to this week. Uh, if I did not mention uh, Kenny Burrow, double zero for those at Texas Southern University and SWAC that followed him, Houston Oilers, has died at 73. Oh. One of the first individuals that I was able to touch being around Texas Southern University uh, that was a professional at that magnitude was Kenny Burroughs. And he took me in as if uh, we knew each other forever. Uh, very proud man. Wow. Very gracious. Uh, would give anything that he had and was very open to friends, family, uh, very proud of Texas University, uh, very proud yeah. in terms of his relationship with playing the NFL, extremely proud when he made it to the Black College Football Hall of Fame and still came back, even though he was having some difficulties, oftentimes in a wheelchair, he still, uh, when he could every year, he looked forward to coming back to the Black College Hall of Fame and celebrating with his brother. So, those are the things that I will remember about Kenny Burrow. The one funny thing is, is being in the radio, and I laugh even when I say it, 
stuff when they were playing over there a couple of games with Chatterbox, and they would be in there eating that French's chicken, calling the game. And you just hear, <laughs> what is that going on? And you cringed, you cringed, because you knew what was going on. But at the same time, it was powerful, it was funny, and you just, to some degree, you kind of understood it and you appreciated it. It, it was wild. With that, let's get into this first break. We'll be right back to give you a little more about the show. Wanted to really shout out to all the lab listeners in there. Keep the thoughts coming. I know you all have some great thoughts uh, that we will deeply consider. And as you see, I'm going to try to um, talk a little bit more with you all throughout the week in terms of the show. So make sure you keep the comments coming. I appreciate it. We'll be right back after this break. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. (laughs) Never not working. Never, ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew, the professors are in the building, but we have none other than the MIAC Commission. Sonia Steeles, welcome to the lab. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It's my pleasure to be here. No, it is all our pleasure. Welcome. It is great to have you. We'll get into some of your, all the different things that you've accomplished. There's so many of them that I won't just list them out, but I'll ask you to share 
some of them with you, including a lot of them are first in terms of African-American women having the opportunity uh, to rise up and break the glass ceiling in so many different ways. But let's just start from the beginning. Let's make this really personal, Ken. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you engaged in athletics. Wow. So I am a military brat. I grew up mostly in Newport News, Virginia. Um, I got my undergraduate degree at Old Dominion University and of course my master's at Hampton University. And so I kind of, and I want to say I I fell into athletics because my background is in counseling. So, um, and I seen enough uh, academic counselors. So it just made sense that I would be a counselor. Um, And so I did my undergraduate uh, internship with um, Mindy Sofer, who was over the Greek life at ODU. And I had such a great time working with her. I actually received an award for a community service project that I put together under her. And so she gave me the freedom to, you know, get out there and and do what I wanted to do in, in order to succeed. And so when it, when I started out at Hampton and it was time for my graduate uh, internship, I really, really wanted to work with her again, but she had moved down to athletic academic support. And I said, what the heck? I really want to work with her. So I'm going to go here and give it a try. And I fell in love with working with the student athletes, um, you know, doing study hall. And so that's really where I got into athletics. And so when I graduated, I sent and I'm not going to tell my age now, um, but you know, back then, they really didn't, <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't have nice. academic support programs in a lot of uh, institutions. And so I was just sending my, my resume out asking, can I start their athletic academic support? And I had sent one to Dr. Dennis Thomas at Hampton because he was the AD at the time. And he called me. And I missed the call. I called him and, and he missed the call. And then I called again and he never called me again. <laughs> never called me again. So from then I was like, crap, what am I going to do? <laughs> so, you know, I, I actually was working with um, going to school with one of my um, classmates and she suggested I, I go and work for the uh, Dean of Women um, at Hampton as their assistant. And it just so happened, this is how relationships and it's a small world. She actually um, is the aunt. Her aunt actually um, babysat me when I was little because our military families were always in the same area. And so she hired me right off the bat. And from there, um, the vice president of student affairs, about a year or two years later, asked me uh, if I liked what I was doing. And I was like, sure, I love it. I said, but that's not really what I want to do. I really want to do athletic academic support. And he happened to be the uh, chair of the athletics committee um, for, for mm. Hampton at the time when they were doing it. And he set up an a interview with Dr. Thomas. So it was timing on that as well. And so doc, I had an interview with Dr. Thomas and he hired me and I started the athletic academic support program at Hampton, but leading all into this, all in relationships, because I was hanging out with, you know, I'm a Delta and I was hanging out with them bros 
And <laughs> were football coaches at Hampton. And so before Dr. Thomas, I got in that interview, my name was already floating out around because they were saying, well, you're, you know, you're doing study hall over there and you're working with the student athletes. Why won't you, you know, come over and work with the student athletes at Hampton? And I was like, sure. So they gave me like a sample size, like about five students to work with. So my name was already floating around there. So when I had that interview with Dr. Thomas, it, he knew exactly, you know, what I was about and, and what I brought to the table. So that's how I fell into athletics. I'm really excited about the fact that you shared just how relationships are important. Obviously, you have to have the preset in terms of the academic component, whether it's a degree or what type of degree or these skill sets. But so much of it is once you check that box off is relationships. Yes. The second question before I pass it around and ask my colleagues to jump in here and ask questions, I did want to get in before we go more in terms of what type of things you do as the commissioner. I see a lot of opportunities where you really push the envelope in terms of like dire, the diversity, inclusion, and racial equity. Uh, the prominence that MEAC has done in terms of different panels they had about promoting women in athletics. Mm -hmm. Why are those things? important for you um, to give back in terms of providing opportunities and visibilities for individuals that might not have it? Why did that connect with you so much? Well, you know, you know, when you talk about back in the day, you, you, I was young, I was one of the, the youngest um, SWAs um, when I started out. And so having somebody who was, I had uh, Monique Morgan, Tony Morgan, who took me and another young SBA under her wing. And that was very important. It was, it was that mentorship that really, really was important. And so when I got the opportunity, when I became the SWA at the conference office, I was able to continue because uh, Brenda McCoy actually started off with the Women in Athletics Professional Development Workshop. And so when she retired, I took over and just to see the networking you know, you want to be able to um, provide opportunities for these women to get the tools and the skills um, to improve so they can rise up in athletic administration. And so one thing, and it was good that Dr. Thomas kind of, I don't know, intentionally or unintentionally set a little um, foundation because when he started out as the uh, commissioner, it was him one male, and it was all females in the in athletic administration in his office. So it was me as the director of Af of compliance, the director of media relations, and the director of championships, and him. And so sometimes I'm like, we're Dennis's angels because he set that foundation of you know it was important to put women in a a place or they have their seat at the table and in showing that hey you know we have the capabilities um we have the skill set um to stand amongst our our male colleagues and so it was very important and throughout my career of being intentional about bringing women into the conference office um, and as interns and, and being able to help them get to where they are and being very intentional when I became the commissioner. And as I 
had that opportunity in the hiring process to pull women that I know who are stars, but just need the opportunity. And so that's where I brought in um, like a Karen Carty um, as the um, assistant commissioner for uh, strategic communication. You know, I change all the names of the titles and I, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't know most of them, I change it too. So if I <laughs> bear with me, um, but there was another young lady who was a Hispanic uh, female, uh, Cecily Tafoya, who actually went to Bethune-Cookman, played softball. She's extremely talented um, with social content and, and graphics. And so I wanted her to come back because she left. Well, she came. She's doing her second tour because the American Cancer Society stole her. And then I got her back. And so I really wanted to bring her back. And I wanted her to grow from a director and now she's the assistant commissioner of external right. affairs. So seeing that talent and rewarding. So one of the things that, um, and then most of all, one of my interns that I worked with um, when I first got here in 2005, um, I absolutely wanted to work with her again. Um, extremely talented and she was my compliance intern. And when she came in, you wouldn't know there was a difference between if I was there or, or I wasn't because she was just that good. And so I said, if I became the commissioner, I want you to come back. And she did. And so that, that, that's the type of thing is putting people in the place, wanting them to get them in the opportunity of being around the presidents and chancellors. So when the opportunities come, they see them, they see how they act, interact and be able to give them those opportunities to have their names that pops up if something comes up. So that's very, very important to be able to pull people up because some women don't talk about it and whatnot, but then when there's an opportunity, you know, it's kind of like, where is that, that female, that next person? Where's the action? Even mm -hmm. though I might be the first, but I should not be the last. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said. And that is certainly commendable. Let me let Charles jump in and ask a follow-up question before you take our first break. We'll come back on the top and bring Drew into the conversation as well. Sure, sure thing. Uh, Commissioner Seals, uh, welcome back in again. Uh, uh, let me ask this question, and, and, and Dr. Cabille uses this term, uh, conference churning. And, and quite honestly, uh, a lot of that conference churning is happening within the, the geographic region uh, of the MEAC. So I wanted to ask this question uh, in light of what's going on geopolitically. Uh, is there a way to protect the, the MEAC's borders or even expand the MEAC borders? So, yeah, so one of the things uh, we have the, in, in all of my, my tenure at the MEAC, the most engaged um, presidents and chancellors are council. Um, and they're mm. committed to the sustainability of the conference. And that's tremendous um, when you have all eight publicly say the elite eight ain't going nowhere. And mm. so that's letting everybody know we are committed to the sustainability and where the conference is going to go in the future. And so, you know, when you talk about membership expansion, that's always been a part of our strategic and long range plan. You know, it, in, you know, in our 51 years, being, um, having um, realignment is nothing new to us. You know, we had Florida A&M come back in and out. You had Central come in and out. So, you know, that's, that's nothing that's, unusual for us. And so we will still survive as we move forward. Um, and as long as we have the commitment of all eight, we'll be fine. 
Now, mind you, you know, with those conferences who, you know, are going to want to, you know, come after our institutions, um, we as a conference have to make sure that we are continually to um, work towards keeping our members. So you got to keep them happy and find ways that is going to keep them here. So finding more ways that get them on national platforms. And that's one part of my vision is to, to get us out there, particularly when we're talking about our Olympic sports. You know, we want to find avenues to get them out there on a national platform. It's easy, you know, to get football out there, you know, basketball. And we have a great, great long relationship with ESPN. Um, but what can we do to accent that with our Olympic sports as well? Um, so those things in revenue generation, revenue generation, finding ways to take those items that, you know, find money that's going to take those line items out of their budget where they can spend it on ways that they can improve their facilities or, or more staffing. Um, that's what I'm supposed to do as a commissioner in order to keep our elite eight together. And then, you know, looking for other institutions who are going to, to match our mission and match us athletically, but most importantly, academically. You know, you just, we don't want to make a move so quick. Um, we got to be strategic about how we do it. You know, um, you, we're at six football institutions. We know that. Um, and so <laughs> we know that, you know, if somebody leaves, you know, oh my God, you know, so you always want to look, but at the same time, you have to be methodical about who you bring in because you don't want somebody to come in and then leave. Yeah. So that's very important. So I hope that answered your question. Oh, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> this is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, but we have AD Professor Drew in instead. And we'll be right back after this break as we are interviewing the commissioner of the MEAC, Sonia Steeles. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this quick break. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Itchy. Squirmy. Scratchy. Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 
14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who's about, So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Professor Bishop, Professor Drew, and the MEAC Commissioner, Sonia Steeles. If you could hear the outtakes, you would understand that she does not bite her tongue, but you already know that. But let's get back in. Professor Drew, what's your follow-up question? I not to say, I'm going to stick this in as a two-part, even though you really aren't related to these two questions. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> question number one, you know, as, as a former coach, I know the, tough, the toughest transition was always from chair two to chair one, whenever yeah. you took over a team. Yeah. So as commissioner, you went, uh, since commissioner, you went chair two, now you're in chair one. What has been the biggest transition, biggest uh, thing that you've noticed the difference? You know, I thought it was going to be like this, but now that I'm sitting over here, I have to approach it a little different. You know, as coaches, we are, we always had these great game plans, and then when we get that seat, it's like, oh, now I understand why he was doing it this way. Uh-huh. So what has been that biggest, uh, you know, that biggest shift from chair two to chair one for you as a commissioner? That's question one. Actually, you know, it's funny because I, I actually thought about that earlier today because, you know, in, in when you're number two, and I prided myself on being the go-to person, which you should, you should, but then you shouldn't because everything falls on you. And so when I transition, it's kind of like, I can't put my hands in things. And with new staff, you know, you have to get into it, but not because it's, it's their job to execute. And so, you know, as much as I want to sit in and I was like, well, I'll just do the memo. And one time I did the memo and I sent it out and they were like, um, I'm supposed to do that. And actually I already had it prepared, ready to send, but I just, I just got to get out of the, the process of taking a step back and be at the higher level, you know, seeing the bigger picture. And then, you know, sharing my vision and having it executed. So I understand when, you know, I always tell them, now I know why Dr. Thomas was cranky. I understand. And sometimes, you know, you hear yourself. I'm like, dang, I sound like my mama. I'm just fussing. They're like, dang, you cannot be fussing. I'm like, shoot, you know, when I'm really mad, that's when I can't even look at you. But if I'm fussing, I'm okay. So, but that transition of, of, of taking a step back and, and letting people do and execute. And one of the things I wanted to do with the staff was, look, I want you to, I, I hired you because you can stand on your own two feet. And so I give you the confidence to say, hey, go ahead and do it. If you, if you make a mistake, we all make mistakes and that's fine. Um, and so just, we'll try not to make the same mistakes because this is my first time in the commissioner's chair. I'm going to make mistakes too, as well. So that little thing of giving people the empowering people to go forward and do it, um, make a decision and then, Hey, let me know what you decide, but 
not saying I got to take you from A, B, C, D. I'll, look, bottom line, if somebody was trying to tell me the whole story, give me a dissertation, and all I needed was yes or no. And <laughs> I understand. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, just what's, what, what do you need? Just tell me what you need um, so I can assist you. So it's it's been a learning process. It's definitely been a learning process. And, and, and speaking of the, of that learning process, you know, when I, when I look at our five HBCU conferences, BAC, SWAC, SIAC, CIAA, and the GCAC, I see three African-American women leading those conferences with you being the newest of those three conferences. Uh, we've got uh, Jackie McWilliams of the CIAA, Kiki Baker-Barnes in the GCAC. So my question to you is, number one, what does that mean to you that of our three of our five HBCU conferences, three of them led by women, and then number African American women. Let me let me say that again: African American women are leading all these athletes. Number one, and then number two, have you leaned on them for any any advice or conversations uh, along the way? Look, I mean, it's it's so humbling to be you know included with these these outstanding strong women you know it's black girl magic happening at this point um so you know it's 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 i'm honored and and one thing that um i haven't talked to the kiki but jackie has been like my cheerleader you know when when i secretly said hey I'm just going to put my hat in the ring. And, and uh, I reached out to her to tell her that. And she's like, I'm so excited. I was hoping you would do it. And, and whatever you need, I'm, I'm here to support you. Um, that was tremendous um, because, you know, and some people are also so secretive about what their plans are that they don't allow people to be your cheerleader. So that mm. they can, when, when they get their ear to somebody who's important, um, who's going to be a part of that hiring process, you have somebody already cheering for you before you even step in the room. And mm. so Jackie has been that for me. She has checked on me. She's like, I know this is different. It's a transition. Um, and give me these little tidbits of how to... Uh, keep my mind right. You know, you go home and, and my, my mama said, just, just, I just got to get my mind right. I got to rest my nerves, you know, you know, and she's, she's giving me that, that energy to say, Hey, you know, you have all these plans and you do not have to get them all done in 30 days, you know? Mm. And that was very important um, because they always say, you know, what's your, 60 day 90 day plan um but she said you do not you have time you know pick one or two things that you accomplish in your first year and then keep it moving um because it's a lot of pressure um and then people because you're the first um and you're the newest thing everybody's pulling at you you know every look if another person called me and talk about they want to sell me something look i need somebody to call me and tell me they want to give me some money so it, you know it's something <laughs> a little different you know saying so it she has been awesome and then these you know other women who have reached out to me um who have been Good. first like carla williams you know um you know um 
who am I thinking of? Uh, Johnna Chude. You know, if the stuff, you know, it's just the empowerment of these women who are saying, I'm here to support you. You will be mm-hmm. fine. You can do it. And we're here to help. And so that's, awesome. that's extremely important. Thank you. Uh, that, that's very important because a lot of ways, I don't know if people understand when you're in that executive level seat, how in terms of your internal operation, a lot of ways can be lonely. And I don't mean lonely in terms of you don't have folks, but in terms of people that you can really confide in or truly have relationships in where you can bounce high level uh, discussions off of without worrying about it, quote unquote, leaking to the media. Not that we don't want it sometimes, but you know. know. Sometimes we want it to. (laughs) Well, we've seen a lot of that over the last 30 days. Good point. With that being said, let me ask a couple of follow-up questions, if you would. And I want to get back to one of the questions that Charles asked in terms of expansion conference churning. But I wanted to ask it from a more theoretical approach. Um, Because we hear about ADs and schools seeking this and other ones seeking that, and we tend to get the outside. You know, I've been blessed and done some consulting work, so I get a little more on the inside. But what you can share in terms of what that looks like, what what is the operation? When do you hire a consulting company? Why would you hire a consulting company? Um, How do things come in? Is it an email? Is it a secondary person? Is it a direct call? What does it look like when you're in that mode where you're working to either bring somebody in or hold somebody in, mm-hmm. especially when it's talking about the conception of a division two program moving up, you know, mm-hmm. how challenging is that in terms of, of seeking and providing a framework mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, is it a sell job or are you just waiting for somebody to say, Hey, we're we interested. In. Now you you at this point you really have to be active. You always have to be actively mm-hmm. looking. Um, you know you always you know because you can't be cut off guard. You know um, if you cut off okay. guard, then you're like, oh my god, you know what's going on. So um, we actually you know because the presidents and chancellors are so engaged, you know mm-hmm. they put together their own membership committee within the council. Um, and we already have a legislative membership council, uh, membership committee that's made up of our, our athletic directors, senior woman administrator, faculty rep, and then one president serves on that committee. But mm. they, because they're so committed, they put this together. Now we have um, engaged um, Barnes and Thornburg um, law firm to assist us with Uh, membership expansion so to do the research you know for us you know to look and see do they line up mission you know the missions align athletically do align where they fit within the footprint um and will you know is this going to work and so they'll give and they'll look and they'll make preliminary phone calls to see where everybody is at um athletically in in their vision so when you're talking about looking at now that's a piece of it now there's me calling athletic directors um some of the presidents and myself will call uh, the president of a a particular institution just to see where they are as far as their athletic vision you know and and i think that personal touch is is better than when you have a a third party coming in so if, if we have a third party that does the research but it's up to us to be able to reach out to, and that, that shows the commitment, 
you know, no, that no. we really want you to be that personal touch that you want you to be a part of the conference. Now, when you're talking about a, a division two institution, you know, it's so easy. You know, when I, I see on the, the blogs or on social media, like, oh, you should pick up uh, Bowie or Virginia State. And, you know, it's kind of like, hmm, you don't know the background that, okay, we're going to apply. That's going to be 1.6 million. Okay. Say that number again. Yeah. Say that number. <laughs> okay, and I wanted everybody to hear that. Okay, so so say they got and that is, one point six million dollars. A lot of people want to know: is that something like you basically have to write that check? Write that check, or is it? Do you pay it over a couple of years? Um, from my understanding, you pay that one point check before you start the process. Um, from Good to know. Good to know. that's the down payment. Uh, so doc. you right now. <laughs> Now, and, and, you know, and they think that, okay, I got that. So I've, I've talked to, you know, a couple of ADs and trying to say, okay, where are you at? Um, and they're like, yeah, we want to be division one. All right. All right. Great. I said, let me tell you something now. I said, our presidents are very, very cognizant of if we look at a division two, they have to be sustainable as a division one institution. Mm. So even though you pay that 1.6, are you going to be able to get the facilities up to this farm, the staffing, the scholarships, the level? And Division Two, they um, sports sponsorship, I think is what, 10, 10 sports? Yeah. We're at 14. So you got to add sports to become Division One. So have you thoroughly vetted out what it would take to be Division One? Um, it, that's very important. So, you know, we had Winston-Salem that was coming into the conference that went back because of the financial. And then, of course, we had Savannah State that had to go back to Division Two because of the finances. So it's very important that they go into it with research that properly vetted out everything um, and really sincerely have everybody backing them of becoming a division one institution because we want them to be there for the long haul not because we feel like uh, we're desperate no we're not desperate um so and it takes time this is nothing that happens overnight i think people think it's going to happen overnight and i think somebody had called me and said i, I ain't gonna take take the school the alumni was from the school he said i want you to um you need to bring in barney's college and i'm like yeah they're division two i said um he's like yeah i said but you know it's a financial impact that it has and he said well i thought y'all needed institutions i said sir <laughs> i said sir i think there's a conversation you need to have with the institution to make sure that they are ready to to get i said you know, we'll consider them i said but um no, you, you do your research, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that'll do it. We're going to take a quick break, but I wanted to give you a chance to plug the MEAC tournament uh, before we come back. So let's take this quick break, bring you back to talk a little bit about the MEAC tournament and where people get tickets, how they may be able to watch it if they can't get there, those kind of things. So, Drew, take us out as we get into the fourth quarter, and we'll come back and close out this interview. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for what you do 
for HBCU athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for 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 all of us. This is our ESPN, so we we we, we love what you guys do, Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you got you guys do for us. You see Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working! I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield, never not working. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab as we're closing out on our interview with the Act Commissioner Sonny Steeles, providing you some insight, places, information you can't get anywhere else, but as we close out, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the MEAC basketball tournament. Man, it's been large and exciting a lot of different places. For those that haven't been in that building, it's electrifying uh, as things go down there. It's perfect size. People fill it up. But for those that may not be aware, what's the time, dates? How can they get information if they can get their tickets? If they can't, how do they view it and watch it? Absolutely. Let us know. Absolutely. You know, we're excited because, you know, this is the first time we brought fans back since the pandemic. And, you know, we were the last one to stop. So so we are we are definitely ready. So March 9th, we're going to kick it off in Norfolk, Virginia at the Scope Arena. Um, and you can get tickets through Ticketmaster. It's electronic tickets this year. I don't know how I feel about that as we go through the process. I kind of like the old paper tickets. So I'm old school, but you know, we're going to work through it. You know, it's that tech, you know, old people with tech. That's me. So, um, you just got so to scalp out some money. That's all right. it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's going to be great. We'll have our, our Hall of Fame brunch on um, Thursday morning. And then, you know, we have the celebration, um, old celebrity party that we do oh, on Friday night. And actually it's going to be presented by the MEAC Nation Association. And um, 
on Saturday, a championship party, and then we have a Me comedy Nation show. Association. The MEAC Nation, this has been a vision of mine to bring current members, former member institutions, alumni, fans, students, supporters together in a home type event, uh, not event, but just a network. And, you know, when we go to like a celebration bowl, the MEAC Nation is there supporting MEAC team. And so it was, you know, went to Celebration Bowl and A&T was there strong and they were supporting MEAC. And so we want to have a place for those um, individuals who still want to be around the HBCU culture. Same thing with Hampton. Hampton and Boosters have stopped coming to the MEAC tournament um, and they are always there supporting. So why not bring them in together? Because um, they're still a part of the MEAC family. And so... That's something that will definitely be coming up soon where people can join um, the organization and let's help support um, Party with a Purpose, you know, do some networking and some community initiatives um, surrounding the MEAC and its institutions. As a rat lamb, I invited. I said, as a rat lamb, I invited. Absolutely. And I actually have uh, (laughs) rattlers on um, on the committee, Angela Suggs. Um, great Rattler. So yes, we we're asking anybody, ANC, Hampton, the Rattlers, Winston-Salem, Savannah, Cookman, ever Savannah in the MEAC, come on. You go. Bethune Cookman, that's right. All Bethune of Cookman. I look at it. And any other SWAC, MEAC, CIAA, uh, SIEC, GCAC, yeah. if you're in that area, you want to be connected, it's yeah. the place to be. I love yeah. it. Somebody put it out there before I let you go. To, I like what they said about this, even though, you know, as a swag person, sometimes this this hits you back and you have to take it back a little bit. They say, yeah, we act strong enough to come back and win the celebration. Oh, you got that right. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something. We won five of the six. What does that yeah, tell got, you? That's 83%. That's we what we that tells you. Nobody. Uh-uh. Nobody. Nobody. We should count. That's Look. Good. Those are folks that come in there looking about this, covering the swag. We cover it all, but we come in there talking about, all right, swag, y'all gonna do something? We like, no. no. <laughs> and one of them was surprised. I have to respectfully be humble right now. I would respectfully be humble. <laughs> that's, the, that's a resident Jackson State guy. Oh, oh, my bad. Some of my best friends go to Jackson State. So, hey. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, track championships are this weekend also, Madam Commissioner, indoor track. It, we just finished indoor track yesterday. Okay. Actually, yesterday. Um, Norfolk State. Um, oh, I like how she men. said that. Norfolk yep. State men won and um, <laughs> Howard State's women won. It, that was right. standing. it was a great championship in our new facility, the Virginia Beach Sportsplex. A bank track is outstanding uh, facility for our, our championship. So um, look forward to other um, spring championships in um, in the local area of Hampton Roads coming up. No doubt about it. Uh, we'll look forward to you as, as we get on with the spring, spring meetings. If you need to come on, we'll come in there. Certainly by the fall, we'd love to bring you back because that may give you a chance to talk about our fans and scheduling so they'll learn a little more about the scheduling. So we'll hope you to that since you're out here teaching. Putting on Let's your professor it. hat. Anytime you need to do that, and you want to teach the masses, come on into the lab. That's what we do. We hold class. It. We heard the lab. I love it. Love it. Anytime. I'd love to come back. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop.
closing up with our interview with the MEAC Commissioner Sean Steels. We'll be right back after this last break and we'll close out the show, give you a little overtime. Thank you. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. That spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Let's compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Khalil with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Professor Bishop and Professor Drew. Hope you enjoyed that interview with me at Commissioner Sonny Steele's. We're in our overtime a little bit. We're going to close out just with some updates so you can get prepared for your weekend. Actually, we have some tournament games going on right now. So, Drew, tell us a little bit about what you have on your calendar to keep an eye on uh, we, the weekend. We'll start off with the games that have already gone final today. Uh, it, is, it is CIAA. And let's see. Livingstone defeated Johnson C. Smith by a bucket that is 50 to – 50 to 48. Bowie, excuse me, Virginia State defeated Bowie. So uh, those games have gone on, gone final in the CIAA. And in AIA, we have Florida Memorial, men and women advanced. They will be playing to, uh, tomorrow. That is in the Sun Conference. In the Southern States Conference, Steelman men will advance to play tomorrow. Steelman women uh, lost to the third time. To William and Carey, they lost by mm-hmm. 10 points today. Yeah. Uh, Tal- Talladega and Talladega's women are playing as we speak right now, and the men will follow them uh, later on this, this evening. SIAC is finishing up their uh, final regular season games tonight, and their tournament will begin on this Monday, along with the Red River Athletic Conference, whose tournament will be in next week. Gulf Coast Athletic Conference is in Arkansas. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Thank you. Uh, Gulf Coast Athletic is in uh, Arkansas, and they begin this. Uh, they begin tomorrow also. CIAA in Baltimore is coming down the stretch. It's getting good. Two of them and, and a great game from ESPN. Games. I've been watching as many as I could on, uh, e- on uh, ESPN+. Plus. So, you know, gr- great job by Commissioner McWilliams getting those games on ESPN uh, Plus this year. It makes it easy to find. Good point. And SIC will be on ESPN next week as well, so it'll be easy to get kept your eyes on that. Charles, 
moving up to the major division, as we like to call it around here, what are some some of the games that you have your eyes on, men and or women? What are you looking at, Miat Swag, those teams in the OVC or Big mm-hmm. South? Which direction you want to go? Uh, I'm going to be looking at the SWAC this weekend, and right here in Houston, you have Alcorn paying a visit to Prairie View Saturday, and then Texas Southern on Monday. So that's going to be huge. Alcorn, one of the hotter teams, they won two in a row, uh, taking on Prairie View, which I think is one of the hotter teams in the SWAC. They won four in a row, and then uh, taking on conference leading Texas Southern on Monday. On the women's side of the ball, Jackson State, they put their undefeated record on the line this weekend up against Texas Southern Saturday night which has been one of the hotter teams of late and always tough to play purview uh, a basketball team on a Monday night, Dr. V. You know, all the fun happens on Monday night. So <laughs> that'll be something to keep an eye on. That's what be the like Monday it. night roll like wins. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We saw some of that play out last week in the MEAC in terms of that Monday night. I'm going to stick right there in the MEAC, particularly on the men's side. North Carolina Central at Howard, 14-12 and 12 versus 14-11. And, and then you have – South Carolina State and Norfolk State, when you talk about the hottest team, Texas Southern on the women's side against Jackson State, hottest team on the men's side in terms of the MEAC is South Carolina State and Norfolk State. It's going to be interesting. Those teams are at the top of the standing with Norfolk State at 9-2, and two, North Carolina Central is 73, South Carolina State is 7-4, and four, and Howard is 7-4. and four. Those are games I keep my eyes on, and then it flips over on Monday, and it might just get better. With that, it's time for us to close. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. All for our lab listeners, I see you pointed out. You enjoyed the interview. We appreciate you bringing it. That's what we try to give to you, and we'll continue doing it. I am Dr. Niata Cavill, the dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports from with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Again, we thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock. That is Central Standard Time. And, again, I hope you enjoyed the interview with the MEAC Commissioner, Sonny Steels. She has me sold. I thought I was going to be coming down in the MEAC on that Friday. I might just have to make sure I make it. That sounds good in terms of a couple of those events that I need to get into and make sure I can mix mm-hmm. around. See what they're taking in, you know, a swag guy there. We'll see. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. They do call me the Dean of HBC Sports. You know, I like it all. Inside HBC Sports Lab 1, that is on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram is also inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you like, subscribe. Check us out. Dream big and continue to move forward. Make sure you download my JBN, my BCSN. Check out Brian and Drew on as they give you uh, – Sports rap, and then make sure you check out Professor Bishop as he continues the pregame show. They dropping those little dimes here and there. I mean, how many interviews do y'all gonna sneak out there with Coach Prime in the ranch, man? That's like every time I get in, hey. and I'll play, man. <laughs> it, it was it was an hour and a half worth of content, man. Strategic, strategic, strategic. And you got enough, you got enough content to take I, us to, to graduation. Too much, man. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I said he got enough content to take us up to Bay graduation right now. <laughs> hey, he, hey, Doc. Make sure he, he takes it all the way there, too. Exactly. Hey, Doc, hey got, Dream got, big, got a new show coming out, Doc. Charles? Of course. Drew? Lecture. Dismissed. We're hollow. <laughs>